0: Thank you for tuning in to Uncommon Women, a podcast that provides a platform for women of all walks of life to share their upbringings, life lessons learned, experiences, and journeys to come. Uncommon Women speaks on topics that can relate to all women. We share, we listen, we laugh, we cry, and we empower each other to be the best uncommon woman that they can be. Ultimately, we are cultivating a global movement of women supporting women, women supporting entrepreneurship, relationships, self-love, and so much more. We inspire each other to make an impact on this world for the better. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to Uncommon Women. Now, finally, grab a seat, get comfortable, and hear from your
1: wonderful hosts, Shanira and Jenny Lee.
0: Hi, kings and queens. Thank you so much for tuning in to Uncommon Women. I'm Shannera. And I'm Jenny Lee. And today we have a financial guru that's going to be uh, giving at us an amazing um teaching and testimony in regards to your financial needs. Uh, We have Dr. Wendy Labatt that's going to come on today and share basically some financial healing. Uh, Before I bring her on the platform, I'll let you know a little bit about her. Uh, Dr. Wendy is known as the financial healer. She empowers entrepreneurs to diagnose their financial health, take control over their finances, acquire proper protection to prevent financial ruin, build a financial legacy, uh, create generational wealth, and enjoy financial freedom uh, to live the life that they desire. She is the best selling author of Diagnose Your Financial Health and a creator of Financial Cure System. She teaches how to overcome the six obstacles to winning the money game, regardless of your current global economic conditions based on her 37 years of entrepreneur and business strategist, Dr. Wendy will empower you to uh, win the money game and optimize your financial health. So we're gonna go ahead and bring on uh, Dr. Dr. Wendy Labatt, if you have any questions or concerns, you're more than welcome to jot them in the comments, uh, any financial questions, and we'll be able to get to those uh, towards the end of her teaching. Uh, So thank you again, Dr. Wendy, for coming on today. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. And thank you, ladies, for having me. I'm so excited about being on here today to share some of my uh, wisdom nuggets. (laughs) <laughs> with your audience.
0: <laughs> perfect, perfect. Before we actually get into today's teaching, is there anything that you would like to tell us about yourself or how was your life growing up prior to being a financial healer?
2: Uh yes, I like to share a little bit of my story. Um okay. you know, like I like to say that I'm a little seasoned as you guys put it, so <laughs> I won't go back that far. But I do want to say um uh, my mom has been a big influence. You know, she taught us that we can do whatever we want to do, be whatever, whoever we want to be, but whatever we decide to be the best that we can be. Now she taught us how to manage money early, you know, cause she mm-hmm. was, a, you know, she was her and my dad split up when I was like 10 years old, mm-hmm. but um, you know, she took care of us. We didn't realize that we were you know she was struggling till we got older because it's like she made everything look so good but she taught us you know we had jobs early on so we had to pay a bill you know you can buy whatever you want but first you got your responsibility to handle so you know she's, she's just a good influence but you know fast forwarding to 37 years ago is when i started my entrepreneurial journey and I opened a business, uh, an office equipment company. And that okay. was back when there was no social media, no internet. And the only thing that you can uh, do with a cell phone was make an expensive phone call. <laughs> now, I didn't have any experience in business. You know, I wanted to go to medical school. So I was like a scientist, I was into that kind of thing. So I didn't know anything about business or sales. But um, I ended up starting this company. And I wasn't making any money at first, but I was loving what I was doing, so okay. I am like, "Okay, I'm gonna stick okay. with this," you know. And then I guess I—that's when I realized it was my calling because I, you know, was used to making money, and here I'm not making any money, but I'm loving it, you know. <laughs> um, so I went after corporate clientele, you know, okay. four to five hundred companies. So in order to you know, be considered for the big contracts, you had to project a certain image. And that meant you had to have the brick and mortar, the employees carry, you know, inventory and all the overhead that went with it. So, you know, if you project anything less, they looked at you as a mom and pop organization where, you know, okay, they can't handle the big contracts. I didn't want to be perceived as that because I wanted the big contracts. So I got big contracts, but the problem was my cash flow wasn't matching the contract of the business, you know, I was getting. So I had to learn how to take control over my money, you know, make my money work for me, negotiate with my vendors to you know really my customers first. Because you know, corporations, they want to pay you in thirty days, and my terms with my vendors was net ten, mm. and my money, you know, I'm financing them, and I was like, "Hey, I can't do this, you know," <laughs> and I'm not going to do it. And um, so I got with my uh, vendors as well because they wanted to see me succeed because I was getting endorsed because that was at a time when you know minority female uh, business opportunity was mandated for different contracts that they had Mm. and they weren't, you know, my vendors weren't minority or female owned. And, you know, my customers wanted to keep that, you know, government money and uh, coming in. so they saw that I was a perfect opportunity or vehicle for them to, you know, get that piece of the pie. So everybody Mm -hmm. was, you know, was looking to see my success, you know, me, them, and because it's mutually beneficial, uh but it did like i said things got tight but i learned so much and that's what taught me to be the businesswoman i am today you know i'm not trying to brag but i've been through some things you know right. y'all don't I start, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so i you know did that for about 15 years and then you know i got into the tax business and because i ended up getting married and i needed you know some flexibility and you know, wanted to have more kids and that, you know, office equipment company was a little too demanding, you know, and I didn't, you know, I need to, you know, settle down a bit. Uh, So I got into the tax preparation business and fast forward to 2014 when uh, the Affordable Care Act mandated that everybody have health insurance, I expanded the tax business to include insurance and financial services. And I didn't want to be a hypocrite. So, you know, I bought all these products. I'm trying to sell my clients and, you know, not from a personal uh, planning perspective, but from a business and marketing perspective. And I didn't didn't want to be a hypocrite because my clients were asking me, well, where do you have your money? What do you do? You know, what kind of coverage do you have? And I could honestly say, look, I got this plan. It's the best one. You need to be in it. And not to try to sell them. But I, I figure if I know for firsthand that this is a good plan, you know, and I'm not going right. to try to tell you something that I don't have. And then uh, 2017, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm. And I didn't think it was a death sentence, you know, but I just knew that it was going to be a difficult journey. Mm-hmm. So I went through, um, you know, I found out I had the most aggressive form. So I wanted to, you know, have the most aggressive uh, treatment. So I underwent chemotherapy every three weeks for a year wow. at a price tag of sixty-seven thousand dollars every three weeks, and wow. you know, I thought that was high. But then I wrote a book, and the uh, editor was saying, "Well, you know, calculate that out." So I calculated it out, and it was like one point one million dollars. And I'm still wow. like, wow, wow, you know, wow. I, I think if I would have realized that back then, I don't, you know, it would have been shocking. But it's really shocking now. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, you know, my insurance paid, my health insurance paid all that. I had five surgeries that totaled a little over, you know, $300,000 insurance paid for that. So not only that, I just said, you know, let me see what else I got. And come to find out I had supplemental coverage that ended up paying me multi six figure shots in the arm. That were tax free. So I didn't have to worry about money. I just had, you know, my okay. businesses were flowing. The cash flow was right on point just from my <laughs> personal company. <customers, laughs> and, you know, I could focus on my recovery, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. That's, that's a blessing. The financial yeah, cures yeah. came into play. I said, well, I founded the financial cure for breast cancer. So that's how I started this particular company. I still have my other business, you know, and, and it's doing well. But, it was because I was fine. I say, like, okay, Lord, I'm healthy, you know, wealthy right. and happy. So I'm cool. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, I got you out this journey on the other side. So you can start a crusade to empower other people Come on, in the no. where you are. So they won't, you know, be ruined financially with one illness or I- injury because it can take you out, you know, financially, you know, so, um, I'm like okay, well, I'm being obedient because I'm I believe <laughs> in that, and that's how I started. And that's how you know. That's why I'm doing this, you know. And I can like tell people, I'm a finance person, but it's not all about money for me because you know, not that I don't need money. You could always use more money, but that's mm-hmm. not my motive, you know. So I'm trying to help other people get to a point where they don't have to worry about money. They don't have to, you know, need money. That they can be wise with their money and and, you know, make their money work for them. So, um, you know. And that's, that's
0: definitely a goal. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. That. <laughs> that's yeah. definitely a goal.
2: <laughs> so yeah. let's get
0: into that. Let's speak on uh, the six obstacles that you actually made in regards to the winning of the money game.
2: Yeah, the money. Okay, <laughs> I'd like to start out with uh, a quote by Robert Kiyosaki. Okay. And it basically says, it's not about how much money you make, but how much money you keep and how hard your money works for you and how many generations that you keep it for. Because, mm. you know, there's so many times that people, you know, they make a lot of money, but they don't have nothing to show for. And I got a stack of tax clients that I could test to. <laughs> for, you know, oh, wow. And I'm going to tell them, you know, but some people are going to listen, some people aren't. But, wow. um, you know, this, one of the first obstacle is your mindset and lack mm. of knowledge. Because, you know, no matter what you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, take control over your finances or lose weight or, you know, kick an addiction, you got to have the right mindset. And that mindset has to be where your goal is, you know, not mm. you can't be, want a rich man's wealth and have a pauper's mentality. And another quote that I like that I've just read a few months ago and I've been using it like crazy is by Wayne uh, Dyer. And it says, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And I'm like, That's, yeah, that's powerful. Oh, yes. <laughs> and I've, you know, put together a PowerPoint, and I found this graphic that has a picture of a like a gift box, and it has a house inside of it, and it has, you know, a quote that says, "Don't say I can't afford it, but say how can I afford it." So that's when mm-hmm. you look okay. at things. So that whole mindset is changing so that's the key and then there's some basic principles you just have to know you know like you know uh make your money work for you and don't you know spend more than you make You know, where your money goes instead of wondering where it went you know and then understanding compound interest there's so many principles that are basic that you deal with every day, but you don't understand them, you know, okay. like you know, the compound interest. You can either pay it or you can make it, you know, earn it. And people that have credit cards that just pay that minimum, they're paying, you know, out the yin yang. That, mm-hmm. that $30 a month payment on a $1,500 debt will end up costing you almost $1,500 in 11 years to pay it off. Wow. So if, you wow. know, take that $1,500 that you spend and pay it off in that same month with no interest, then you're kind of using the bank's money. Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to, like I said, make your money work for you. So you can take that 1500 that you charge, whatever it is you charge, and make, do something else that's going to make you money. And then when it's time to pay, you pay it. And then you know, you're not paying interest on it. So things it like that, you know, that people just don't. You know, they say, okay, I can make the payment. You know, but yeah, but that's not. You need to pay it off. You know, making the payments okay for certain times, like COVID. You know, you're going through some changes, but you don't want to make that your, you know, your habit or your pay, uh, right. pay history. You know, so that's one of the things. Now, the second thing is taking control over your finances because Mm -hmm. so many people, even, you know, I find the people that make the most money tend to have the worst financial habits. They Um, usually wonder where their money went instead of planning it. You know, you want to plan where your money goes instead of wondering where it went. You want to, you know, take advantage of rewards and, and cash back, you know, um, I'm gonna tell a quick story because I know time is limited but no, you're good. <laughs> I, um, I have you know I'm a Marriott person I'm a titanium level and I have you know Southwest you know a credit card I got the points and all that and I had a speaking engagement or really it was a conference for a week seven nights and I booked my you know hotel with the you know points mm-hmm. it didn't cost me anything but you know you get you know you learn know how to play the game <laughs> so I you know booked the lowest it was a full service Marriott but the lowest rate I okay that then I looked at you know my airline tickets like okay you'll fly when I want to fly from you know Atlanta to Chicago was gonna cost me five hundred dollars round trip so I had enough points, so I was able to mm-hmm. book it with the points and only spend $11.20 uh, for the round. Oh, wow. Team. So when I got to the uh-huh. hotel, and like I said, this was a full service. This wasn't a Fairfield Inn, a courtyard. Mm-hmm. it was a full service area. <laughs> and because I'm titanium, I'd already used my points to book the room, but they upgraded me to a suite. So I had a suite. Ooh. That was Ooh. Cost about $500 <laughs> <a night. laughs> That's and awesome. I get to stay in the suite, but I got to eat in the club room where they had, you know, for breakfast, you know, smoked salmon and quiche and all kind of, you know, stuff that would have cost me about $50 in the restaurant if I were to eat downstairs. And then the evenings they had hors d'oeuvres and, you know, wines and stuff like that, that, you know, would have cost me 50 $60 if I would have done it there. So that whole trip would have cost me almost $5,000. But wow. because at point, I saved that money, you know, and I don't know about you, but I was able to do something else with that $5,000 <laughs> to realize everything that you do on a daily basis, there's some kind of rewards or, you know, a loyalty program, you know, people just let that go by, but you can get a dollar off a gallon of gas by shopping at a certain grocery store. And nope, I do that. And gas is high. <laughs> I got My vehicle uses diesel. It's like diesel. all crazy. And used to be kind of cheap. That's what But you know, when you, I, I filled up uh, a week or so ago. And it was like two fifty-eight a gallon, but I got a dollar off, so I paid That's and I was it? a dollar fifty eight. We're at three dollars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <on> a, <laughs> oh my goodness. I was on a fuse because I just didn't want to pay it. And then I didn't realize, and I wasn't really going out a lot either. And my husband was driving my car, and I didn't realize it was on a fuse until I got in there. But you know, it's those kind of things, you know, when you're saving money, you can save. Hundreds, thousands of dollars, you know, and that's money you can put somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I, you know, recommend that. Now, the next thing is proper protection. Hmm. Well, based on my story, you can see how proper protection comes into play. Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about health insurance. Because, okay, you know, we're in open enrollment now. So I don't know if you guys know if you know people that need health insurance. I can, you know, get them some real good rates and you know the uh subsidy is being upped, you know, because of Biden being in, in the office in Oval
0: Office I Didn't know that. Okay. And oh. it's uh you know, they,
2: it ended before December 15th. Now mm-hmm. it's open. It started February fifteenth and stayed open until May fifteenth so that people have another window of opportunity to get enrolled. Now, for folks that have employer uh, coverage, this is where they really kind of fall into this trap. They go for the low premium and then they end up with a high deductible five ten thousand oh. dollars and You know that's kind of crazy because for one, your insurance doesn't kick in until Until after that deductible. Hmm. So that you know, five or ten thousand dollars, that first amount, you're self-insured for. So you know, they rather you know spend maybe two hundred dollars for their premium and get a five thousand dollars deductible versus three hundred dollars for the premium and maybe get a thousand dollar deductible, or even you know less than that.
1: So mm-hmm. you have
2: to look at the numbers. You know, it's cheaper to pay that higher monthly premium and have that lower deductible and um than it is to, you know, you think you're saving, but you're really not. Because if you worried about an extra hundred dollars a month, you know you're not going to be able to come up with five or ten thousand dollars. In the long run. Yeah. So um the priority is look at your deductible first, then you want to look at the maximum out of pocket because that's the max you'll pay on that policy before everything's covered at hundred percent. So let's say you have um, a thousand dollar deductible and your max out of pocket is say $2,000. Okay. That, and then you have co-pays, you know, depending on what they are, the co-pays, you know, are kicking in from day one, but your deductible doesn't, You know, you have to satisfy that before your insurance kicks in. And then you say the $1,000 deductible is chipping away at that $2,000 max out of pocket. So all those deductibles, co-pays and all that that you're paying, when you hit that $2,000 mark, you can have brain surgery and it's covered at 100%. So, a lot of people, you know, they think, okay, max out of pocket, you know, they go for the high number, but that's not where you want to go. You want to go for the low number for your deductible and your max out of pocket. And then the co pays, you know, they're going pretty, you can afford the co pays usually, okay. but don't go with the percentages for co pays for like a primary care or a specialist or even for your drugs, your uh, generic or brand drugs. You don't want to do any kind of percentage on those because when you do, you don't know what you're going to pay until they send you the bill. Okay. And then uh, you make sure you know when you go to that uh, primary care doctor, your co-pay is going to be $10 or whatever it is, but it's fixed. It's not a percentage of the bill. Okay. Um, and, you know, then the next thing is look at your premium. So once you've evaluated those, you know, the deductible, the max out of pocket, your co then you look at the premium and then you can determine what's the best fit. You know, when you get that low deductible, and the premium is a little higher, so what? Because if you go with the lower premium and the deductible is high, so what? When you go get sick and you have to come out with two or three thousand dollars, so that's Mm. that's what I try to you know educate people to understand. Don't go for you know the premium is the last thing you look at because if you can't afford to pay you know, extra hundred, you can't afford to, you know, meet the deductible. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, you want to have, you know, so many people want to insure, you know, their cell phone, you got to insure your car, your house, but they don't want to do life insurance. You know? I was or just about, about to say that. <laughs> <health insurance, laughs> really? you know? I mean, so many people, you know, die and they, you know, they don't realize or their family doesn't realize that, you know, they're out doing GoFundMe and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. But, you know, not only do you leave your family with, you know, debt, you also leave your family, you know, with not just, you know, the funeral expenses, which are high. I've married a few folks, so I know how much that costs, but, you know, you got the bills, you got the medical bills, Mm -hmm. you got whatever expenses they have, and you don't want to be a liability to your Mm -hmm. family. And life insurance is not only for that, they've got what they call living benefits where you can Mm -hmm. get up to a certain percent, up to 90 percent of your death benefit, you know, while you're living. If you suffer from a heart attack, stroke, cancer or other critical illness or injury. So, you know, with my clients, I like to get them a companion term policy for five hundred thousand. So something happens. They can pull, you know, up to ninety percent or up to four hundred fifty thousand off of that policy, and still leave fifty thousand for their family, you know, to mm. be bigger, medical bills or whatever. But you know, you can life regular life insurance, you know, pays for you while you're once you die. With the living benefits, it pays while you're alive, so you can, you know, it's not dictating where the money goes. You know, you can take a trip, you can you know, get in-home health uh, assistance. You can pay mm-hmm. off the house. You can do whatever you want to do with it. It's not mandated what you do. Uh, so that's something that I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. And then I also recommend the Index Universal Life, which gives you three coverages in one. You got your death benefit, the traditional death benefit, but you got your living benefits. And you also have like a... a what we call sort of semi-retirement vehicle where you can okay. overfund it. And when you go to, you know, not necessarily, you don't have to wait till retirement. When you pull that money out, it's tax-free because it's, you know, and it's growing because it's indexed to the market. Okay. You know, a lot of people want to do you know in the market and they don't know what the heck they're doing so they you know like the market fluctuates but when you're indexed to the market you're still getting the benefits of the market but it has a ceiling and a floor so say the ceiling is 10% and the market performs at 12% you're only going to get 10% but then mm. if, it, if it crashes like it's done you've got the floor to protect you and you know everybody else in the market they're going down to the basement losing money so wow. you know they say zero is your hero because you're not making any money but more importantly you're not losing any money so that's the key there so that's you know kind of my little strategy with that mm-hmm. um, the next thing is tax codes and tax laws and you know in 2017 we had some major tax law changes you know i like to say got a tax preparation business And it really hurt employees and people making, you know, under 400,000, you know, top, you know, people, they didn't hurt them too much because they already know how to work. But, you know, you start losing, you know, like things that. You could claim before they maxed out how much home uh, mortgage interest you can, you know, claim hmm. up to ten thousand dollars. You know, I've got some clients that are paying well over that because they live in a million dollar home. So, you know, wow. it's a different thing. But the key to that. Is having a business, you know, having a business where you can, you know, expense out. Your business doesn't necessarily have to make money, even though you want it to eventually, but mm-hmm. for tax purposes, you want to be able to expense out and reduce. If you're a W 2 employee and you got a business on the side, you want to first formalize that business, you know, make sure mm-hmm. that it's LLC, a mm-hmm. corporation, or whatever. And you want to be able to, you know, expense that out. And you don't want to, uh, sorry about that. My phone <laughs> uh, you don't want to co-mingle your funds, you know, your business, okay. funds, your business funds and your um, personal or personal because, you know, you don't want to mess with the IRS. <laughs> mm-hmm. then, no. You know, people have gotten their stimulus money. And that's been a blessing to a whole lot of folks. You know, I've had some right. folks. Me, you know I thought you told me I was gonna get you know eight thousand dollars. I only got sixty four hundred. Like, look, that's your stimulus money. That's not refund. <laughs> and then you know you don't want to just blow it, you know. And a lot of people they're in the hole and they want to just pay off debt. And you know, yeah, you want to pay your debt, but you want to strategically pay off your debt. You don't want to take all your money and pay off the debt. So I'm not gonna uh, stay on that long. But they're all also you know, you got these for businesses, you got your PPP loans, you got mm-hmm. your um, EIDL, and that's all based on your tax return, your tax information. So you definitely have to stay on top of it and file taxes. You got people that think they're getting, you know, over because they're making mm-hmm. money, but they're not filing taxes, you know, but you gotta get above board, get on the table Right, because under the table is okay sometime. And it's not really okay sometime. I mean, you know, it's okay if that's just you're learning or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, be legit. And a lot of people are realizing this when they're trying to get this PPP money, you got to file taxes. You got to, you know, have some income showing on your tax return for your business. Okay. And yeah. there's, there've been some changes with that. Now, the first round of PPP, they went by your net profit. Uh, but okay. you know, once Biden got in, he made some changes to that. Where now they're going by your gross revenue. So that's mm, a big. Okay. Difference. Mm. If you make a hundred thousand dollars with the first round, and you only made twenty thousand dollar profit, then all the numbers were based on the twenty thousand versus the hundred thousand. But now it's based on the hundred thousand versus the twenty. But the key on the second round is you have to show a twenty-five percent reduction in your gross revenue. So Mm -hmm. you know that's where that's where they're getting it. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. where. And a lot of people, it's not hard because some people they you know they can show more than twenty-five (laughs) percent loss. But (laughs) you have to show a profit, though. You do have to have the business can't. You know, you got to show a profit. It doesn't have to be a big profit, but if it's your first round, it does because you, you know that's what the numbers, and not necessarily what it's gonna, you know, be based on. But you still you want to show a profit. You know, you're in business okay. to make money, so but you have to understand. And then the EIDL, now they've got the grant and they've got the loan. The EIDL is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan. Now the grant, you can get up to $10,000 and that's based on your your revenue and the number of employees you have. Now Mm -hmm. the loan is based on your credit first and then the revenue comes into play. So- Okay. You no, know, you wanna, you know, it's like say so you always wanna be in good standing, you know, but times get tough and you know, you sometimes you can't stay there, <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. okay. And work to get out of that. Um okay, the next uh obstacle is investment. Oh, I do have
0: a question. I'm, okay. sorry. I'm sorry.
2: Um
0: what is your thoughts about the Dave Ramsey method?
2: I like Dave Ramsey. Matter of fact, I learned a lot from Dave Ramsey. Uh, <laughs> I used to listen to him when I had my soup business, and I used to travel from Atlanta to Chicago. And he's—I mean—I like his, you know, his approach back then—the cash approach—and and that's a good way to develop the discipline. But you know, a lot of places aren't taking cash. You know, the envelope uh, strategy is a good one when you don't have the discipline. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of places are getting away from taking cash. I know when I go to the doctor, they don't take cash if a co-pay it's five or ten dollars they want you know they want you to swipe a card but you have to have the discipline with the you know uh, cards and debit cards and stuff and his methods are good because it shows you how to you know, it makes you discipline because if you go to the mm-hmm. store and you ain't got a twenty dollars in your envelope, that's all you can spend because mm-hmm. you don't have full <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. from. But I like Dave Ramsey. I like. I learned a lot from him. But I think um, the update, or uh, you know, his philosophy is good to, for a foundation. But okay. you know, eventually you go up, and then to be debt free, you know, came Everybody burn. want that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I believe in that, and I learned that from Dave But like I said, there's some good debt that you can get. Until you get to a point where you don't have to have dead. but you know okay. you got to crawl before you walk, and mm-hmm. he shows you how yep. to crawl, and then he shows you foundation. you got to that's true. I guess I learned a lot from Dave, you know, but I just have a different philosophy. Just not different, but I guess a, a expanded philosophy because everybody doesn't have that same scenario. You know, everybody mm-hmm. doesn't have the same opportunities and you know, it's still mindset and you can create the opportunity and get to where you have the same, but it takes a little more, you know, for mm. some people. So that's okay. why, That's know. good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry, am I rambling or y'all? If you no, know, you're, good. you're good. You're, you're, you're dropping some right. good gems. You're dropping those good gems. You're Go fun. ahead. <laughs> okay, the final one is uh taking... Action because, okay, you know, like the Bible says, faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, you can, plan, you can strategize, you can have the right mindset, but if you don't do nothing with it, then you know what good is it? And I got another quote that I like, okay, it says, um, what is it? okay, the difference, you know, I can't, I'm just going mind blame, but basically, it's saying. The difference between what you do and what you you know, what you get is what you do with some of that, whatever it is, whatever, oh, what you want and what you get is what you do. The difference Mm. between what you want and what you get is what you do. And then I've got one that I just coined about a month ago. (laughs) (laughs) This says, if you think right and do right, things will flow right. That's I, like that. I Ooh, like that Oh, I like that. Okay, a show. And, and she started talking about things. I said, All right, if you think right, then you know you're good. If you do right, things are gonna flow right, you know. And every mm. time she comes up with I say, All right, you got to think right, <laughs> and then you got to do. I right like that. So, so do I. And that's one of the six obstacles, you know, to winning the money game. Those are the six <laughs> obstacles, and I'll show you how to, you know, how to win it.
1: <laughs> I like that. Um. So, Wendy, what is your investment philosophy?
2: Okay. Well, my investment philosophy is a little different from what most people would think. And you know, they would think I was talking about stocks and bonds <laughs> and all that. And, you know, that is an investment philosophy, but that's not my <laughs> investment philosophy. Mine is, <laughs> first, you know, you want to uh, invest in your spiritual health. You know, mm. you got to have that connection, you know, whether you believe in God or some higher being, you got to have that connection because that's what's going to lead you and direct you in in, in the way you should go.
1: Okay, um, because, yeah. you know,
2: there's some people say, God, something told me to do that. That was your spirit <laughs> leading you, but you didn't listen. And my sister, she said, uh, God's talking to me. It's like, he's been talking to you, just ain't been listening. <laughs> 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 so, uh, you know, your spiritual health. And then invest in your physical health, you know, because, uh, you know, being a breast cancer conqueror, you don't realize that your health is your wealth until it's like gone. Like, so you don't Mm -hmm. lose your water to the well Mm -hmm. where it runs dry. So your physical and mental health, you know, your spiritual, your physical and mental health is what, you know, the main investment.
1: Mm -hmm. And then,
2: you know, you want to invest in, you know, your wealth. Because, you know, once you got those other things together, then the wealth investments come into play. Because if you're, you know, healthy spiritually, healthy physically and mentally, um, then, you know, you got that mindset together. Then everything else will flow. Like I say, think right, do right. Things will flow right. right. So Mm -hmm. um, then that's when you start getting into your, you know, building your wealth or investing in your wealth. So you got to have and then money shouldn't be your main motive you know, no matter what you do, if money's your main motive, you're not going to be successful in the long mm. run. You know, everybody needs money and wants money. But if you're doing something for money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. So,
1: oh. you know, if
2: you reap what you sow. If you reap, you know, blessings, you'll sow blessings, you know, a hundredfold. So mm. that's my philosophy on investing. I investing. like that. That's oh, good, that's yeah. good.
0: What is your intake on um, the foundation of money and saving? Like what, what could you give uh, what resources or opinions could you give someone that's probably you know living paycheck to paycheck and don't really have wiggle room to actually save? How, okay. how could they get the process of actually saving and you know just learning the key steps of having money?
2: OK, well, I find that people living from paycheck to paycheck have a problem with spending most of the time. Mm. And that's been, you know, I always my start my clients out with a spending challenge because people, you know, say, OK, I make this. And they're looking at just the traditional paycheck. They're not looking at the other sources. Like I talked about the rewards and stuff, you know, that can bring you money or that can reduce the expenses that you have to pay. And then they say, I know my expenses, but you know, yeah, you do, but you don't know your spending habits because Mm. that's what kills. They don't even look at that. They say, okay, my income is this, my bills are that. And so I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. They don't realize that they spend all this money in between that could pay off debt and they do mm. some things, you know, instead of spending that $5 on a cup of coffee at Starbucks every day, right? They, <laughs> your life, you know, that makes buy sense. That same Starbucks coffee at the grocery store fix you up a cup before you mm-hmm. go. And, you know, what you spend for that one or two days at Starbucks can last you a month if you do it at home. So you have to, like I say, change your thinking and understand the principles, you know, understand how money works. You have to make that money work for you, you know, instead of, uh, but it again, it takes discipline. So uh, another thing I try to get my clients to get to a point of is to, excuse me, understand that, you know, if you take your, if you have a credit card that, you know, has rewards points or cash back and you pay all your bills with that, Every month, but when that ch- bill comes, you pay it off. You've you know earned rewards or cash back. You know, so say if your bills are three thousand dollars and you get you know mm-hmm. one two percent depending on what the value is, cash back. You know, it may not seem like a lot, but over the years, and I've got clients that are mm-hmm. business clients that have like thirty or forty thousand dollars a month that they're charging on the credit card that has rewards and cash back and at the end of the year they're getting like you know fifteen thousand or something in points or cash back and one of the clients said she was able to pay you know somebody's payroll with that. And then the thing I you know I want to point out is tithing. I'm a firm believer because when you give God that first tenth and it doesn't always have to go to a church, but if you give You know, that money, that'll keep you flowing because I know so many people and I can say from my own situation back in the day when I tied money, I didn't know where it was coming from, but it was coming. You know, so you just have to realize, you know, you want to pay God first, pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. And it's not always, you know, putting it in the bank, you know, because banks aren't paying anything, but you still want to put it away. So, you know, in some cases, you know, have your emergency fund, you know, start building. that. Even if you have to do mattress money, you know, where you put in a safe or like <laughs> so I had some clients. It was so funny. They had to freeze their credit cards because they were, you know, still using them when they weren't supposed to. But they figured, OK, but now with microwave, you can get rid you know, get that credit card thawed out real quick. But I have one client that I gave him the spending challenge. Okay. And after 30 days, he came to me. He said, Wendy, he said, I spent $800 eating out. He said, it wasn't even taking clients out. This was just me and my wife and sometimes the grandkids. And I wow. spent that. And he said, you know, and it wasn't that he couldn't afford it. But he, it was an epiphany for him, like an aha moment, like that. I could have done something else. With that <laughs> hey, I don't have nothing to show with that eight hundred dollars, you know. But, but a full upset, belly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it gave him that realization that he's, you know, watching where his money goes. He's, you know, planning where it goes. He's not just going out, you know. Now, you know, they have intimate dinners at home, you know, mainly because of COVID, but you know, still they're spending a lot less money, you know, not spending $800 of groceries for them would last them two or three months, you know? So it's that, you know, it's the mindset, you know, you Mm -hmm. really have to change the mindset and then you'll be surprised at what you can afford when you manage your money and, you know, plan where it goes. That's good. That's some good Mm -hmm.
1: gems. I love it. What steps can a person take who has a problem, a poverty mindset, um, to become a financial free mindset?
2: Well, you have to probably, yeah, we definitely again change the mindset, change the mindset, change the right? Way you look at things. You know, if you're constantly saying, I can't afford it, I can't afford it, then you can't afford it. But if you say, How can I afford it? then you start thinking about ways, you know, you start looking into ways, you know, like say, cash back, I'm a firm believer Mm -hmm. because I have saved thousands with that. And, you know, it's just, it's the mindset is the key. You got to change that mindset because you look at people that win the lottery, you know, they got that pauper's mindset, but they got a Mm -hmm. rich bank account, but within a year or two, they're broke because they don't understand, you know. So, and then, you know, certain athletes, you know, they go from high school to wealthy millionaires. And it's not that, you know, they just don't know, you know, you have to get some basic understanding of the principles of money, you know, so, and it it doesn't take a doctorate degree or PhD. It just takes, you know, some experience. And then, like I said, a a commitment and a decision that you don't want to be there anymore. And when you decide and commit and take action, then the whole thing changes. Okay. I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. We
0: do have a comment from Tanisha Turner. She said um, that some banks are also starting to give rewards on the BFIT card, which Mm -hmm. you swipe as well, um, but you have to enroll. Um, Do you have any uh, information or any knowledge in regards to the BFIT reward?
2: Well, I'm not uh, sure about the B Fit specifically, but I do okay. know a lot of banks are offering rewards with debit cards, and I guess I'm oh, okay. that the B Fit is like a debit card. Yeah, a debit card. Yeah. yeah, she just said but, a debit card. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I say do it because anytime, especially if you're using it, you know, if you're swiping, get the money, make that work for you, you know, mm-hmm. because swiping and not getting it you know you're just helping the bank as right. you guys you're just wondering no, where no. your money went you know no. you're not planning where it goes you just say okay it's ten dollars for this okay swipe 25 <laughs> for there swipe and then you get your your statements like dad where'd my money go you went over here so you have to plan where you might and i say go for it because you know, a lot of people are paying their monthly bills with debit cards. So mm-hmm. if you're spending $1,000 on your monthly bills and you're getting a 3% cash back, you know, that's not really like, what, 30 bucks? But still, 30 bucks, you could do something where you might be able to treat yep. yourself to a Starbucks mm-hmm. one day, yep. you know, I one day after the <laughs> month, you know, yep. with it yeah. paying for, you know, for itself. But <laughs> I say go for it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's better than not having it. Anytime you can get money back or points that you can redeem for something. I know American Express, um, the one I have, well, one of the ones I have, you get points and you can get the you can use the points to get gift cards at different mm-hmm. stores. You can, okay. you know, use those points and convert it to dollars to pay your bill or to get, you know, American Express gift cards that you can buy other stuff with, you know. So there are a number of ways, but look for that. You know, make that part of your decision making when you go to open a bank account. You know, do they have mm-hmm. uh, you know, are there fees involved? That's another thing. You don't want to have to pay fees. You definitely don't want to pay overdraft fees or yes. fees because those wow. will kill you. As a matter of fact, I think I read a statistic that in 2017 companies, uh I mean banks collected over thirty-four billion dollars wow. in overdraft fees. Wow. And wow. people paying that can't afford to pay those overdraft fees. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, like, no. reported or paying overdraft fees, no, no, so, no. you know, be careful with that because that will wipe you out, that'll put you in a hole that it'll be hard to get out of. So, mm. definitely
1: mm. want to
2: make it, like I said, realize and with the mindset, I don't care how deep in the hole you are don't go into a, a store or a financial institution and let them treat you like you think you should be treated because you in the hole. You go in there because you're their customer and they need to treat you like that. And mm-hmm. they need to acknowledge that if you go in a store and they can't say, hello, I'll be with you in a minute, or how can I help you?
1: Turn around and walk
2: out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know they don't. Your money is as green as somebody else's. So if they can't acknowledge your presence, they can't get your money. And, No. You know. No. You know so go in there like you got a million dollars because in your head you do,
1: mm-hmm. and that's
2: where you want to be. That's where you want to be having a million dollar mindset, and that's the way you need to act, whether you in bankruptcy or not. And don't be ashamed. You know, I filed bankruptcy many a times back in the day, but you know, hey, that's that was a tool that I could use <laughs> to get the dogs off of me. So mm-hmm. that's what the laws were there for, you know, they are there and you don't want to abuse them, but mm-hmm. you use them when you need to. And don't be ashamed of it, you know, because people look at me and they say, Oh, you got it going on, but it's like, Hey, you don't know what I went Some through. trials tribulations. <laughs> <of Germany. laughs> you don't know. And I'm not ashamed to say it, you know, because I'm helping somebody else that may be in that position, you know? so. Mm. Right. I like that. That was good. Yeah. I
0: did have a question. I totally I forgot it when we were talking about it. It just came back. <laughs> okay. um, it was about when we were talking about taxes and stuff. Can you explain um, the difference between it's it's about 401k? But can you explain the difference between like the pre-tax on the 401k and then the after tax?
2: I am glad you asked. I, know <laughs> know
0: I got you know, something in there and I don't know what yeah. I'm doing. But. <laughs> <I
2: don't know. laughs> There there are two ways to grow money. There's qualified and non-qualified. A qualified Mm -hmm. is that 401k you're talking about is pre-tax money or what we call the seed. You don't pay tax on the seed, but when you pull out that harvest, it's taxable. Now the non-qualified, you're using taxed money, money you've already paid taxes on. So when you pull that money out, the harvest is tax free. So you know, people kind of get caught up with the 401k thinking they got it going on. I got, I'm doing a tax return now with a professional couple that's retired and, you know, they made big money and they, you know, they invested wisely, but it was in that qualified money. So, you know, they use that pre-tax benefit for the seed, but now they're paying more taxes because- wow. Kids are grown, the house is paid for, you know, they're living large. And, you know, I was able to give them a little money back. But, you know, it's unfortunate that you're paying taxes when you don't need to be. You know, when you're in your 70s and your 60s or even 50s, you don't need to be paying taxes when you work 30 years and investing in the 401k and now you're pulling money out and you're paying taxes on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, That's it's, you know, it's it's okay. And I recommend a 401k if the employer is matching it. Yeah, mine's is matching. Okay. Is oh, matching, you know, if they're matching I have it, to they look contribute, that contribute mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. mine's match up account. to six percent. Mm-hmm. But see another okay. thing with 401k, you can only there's a cap on what you can invest. Um, you know, you can't overfund a 401k per se. Um and you are really is. You can, but it's this whole different thing, but you, and I got a good illustration for that, but okay, 401k, if you look at a person that's 35 and they invest in a 401k, let's say $400 a month, and they have a hundred dollar a month employer match, and then you got somebody that's 35 and they invest in an index universal life policy. Okay. And they both want to pull out fifty-two thousand dollars after thirty years. They both have about you know about four hundred twenty, four hundred thirty thousand. Uh, the one with the IUL have just a little bit more, but not much more. But they could pull in order to pull out fifty-two thousand for the four hundred one k person or the qualified money. They have to pull out sixty-nine thousand because they got to pay taxes. Wow. And the oh, ones doing the money. non-qualified, mm-hmm. they just pull out the fifty-two thousand because it's tax free. Mm. So in 13 years, the 401k recipient is gonna run out of money because they're okay. pulling def- they're pulling directly from the principal. Where with the IUL, you're pulling from you know the cash value, but your your. Uh, what I'm trying to say it's still growing. You're not pulling from the principal. That's still growing, you know. Okay. So you're that person after 30 years, you paid, you know, the 401k person has paid, you know, same amount, but had the employer match. But they run out of money in 13 years. The one with the uh, non-qualified IUL, they pull out the 52,000. Till age 100. And they still need mm. their family like a $600,000 benefit, which is more than the 401k, they ended up, you know, getting a total of uh, 500 and something thousand, you know, after all that time, and they're out of money at eight, you know, 13 years later. And they got to go work at Walmart or some of wow. them. That's the I mean, people that say hello at Walmart, Walmart, Walmart. You know, <laughs> so yeah. So <laughs> you know, you know, don't y'all. Do it, you know, so y'all do it, but you know, don't have all your eggs in one basket. You know, okay. get that IUL. You know, get that term with living benefits because you never know. You know, we're out in a you know global pandemic. You don't know what's gonna happen.
1: Yep. And you yep. want
2: to be protected. You want to have the proper protection, and not only that. You know, when you want to buy a house or, you know, travel or whatever, you got that money there that you can pull from that's tax free. And then when you start having kids, you can get them, you know, what we call a million dollar baby, get an IUL on them. And by the time they, you know, go to college or even high school, they want a car, you can, you know, have that money there. They go to college. You don't have to worry about, you know, forking it out. It comes out of that fund, and mm-hmm. it's constantly making money. So, mm.
0: and if it's staying in there, is that considered like a loan? Is it like, or do you have to pay that
2: back? Uh, it's considered a loan. Okay, yeah, that's why it's tax free. Mm-hmm. Okay, know. yeah, it just re- it reduces the cash value, depending on how it's set up. It can reduce either the cash value or the death benefit. Okay. You know, depending on what you're pulling out. You know, if you're pulling pull out uh, living benefits, it's going to, you know, reduce the death benefit. If you're pulling oh, out right. you know, the loan, it's pulling out your cash, some of your cash value. Okay.
0: Oh, That's that was good to know. Um, I did have another question. Sorry.
2: <laughs> That's what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> Business credit. Um person just starting on their LLC, how do they get into using, getting to establish business credit without actually using their own credit first? Do you, do they have to get their own credit ran first?
2: Well, a lot of business, it depends, you know, a lot of businesses are going to look at your personal credit depends on, you know, what it is you're getting. Now Dell is a good company to get uh, business credit uh, quill you know, that will help you establish it. You know, certain companies you can do it with just like Finger Hut for your personal mm-hmm. credit can help you, you know, but you know, it's going to be a little higher interest with Right. Know, but now Dell, I mean, they're pretty good. I got business credit with uh, Dell and it wasn't, you know, but I did have pretty good personal credit too. But okay. you do want to establish it. But a lot of times when you first start out, they're going to ask for your social, but you always want to give them your tax ID number. Okay, and then you know they're Mm -hmm. going to ask your social. But you want to make sure that account that account is tied to your, um, you know, business business
0: entity. Okay, and then there's some
2: times you don't have to give it. Just depends, you know. If if it's true business credit, you won't give your social security number.
1: Okay, but if you're
2: starting out, you're going to probably have to give your social security number. Okay, that Um, makes sense but get to a point where you not get your social security, you know, just using your EIN. But one thing too, now, when you um, set up your account, your you say you have an LLC? Yes. Okay. So, um, and you said you're in Pennsylvania? Mm-hmm. I'm not that familiar with Pennsylvania laws, but basically I know in Georgia, if you have your LLC and it's in good standing and you got your EIN, when you go to the bank to open your account, they're not going to ask for your, or they're not going to pull your personal credit, you know, so. They pull in, the, the EIN,
0: credit. right.
2: They, well, they don't even pull that. Well, I don't know how they do it in Pennsylvania here. Okay. They pull the secretary of state to make sure your business is registered. And if mm. they go on the register, you know, current on the secretary of state's website, they, you know, they don't, you don't even have to have an EIN, but you want to have an EIN. Right. You know, that's what they go by. They're not going to check your personal credit. But if you're going in as a proprietor without being registered with the secretary of state, they're going to pull your personal credit. OK. Makes sense.
1: okay. Mm, thank you. Thank you. And for that's
2: go for that information as far as you know setting up your LLC, and then go to the bank and ask them. You know, right? Say, I want to open an account with my LLC. What do I need to do? And then find out. You know, and you want to be uh, careful with your uh, business accounts because you know those fees can eat you alive. You know, you mm. gotta be. Open the right account, really preferably one with no fees. Now credit unions are good. Good, right? No fee or low fee.
0: low interest. No, no. I, I, <laughs> you know, I
2: love yes credit
1: union. union. <laughs> I do too. So,
2: you no, know, especially your business. If you're not making money or keeping a minimum, then you're gonna pay fees, and those fees, you know, if you ain't making the money, you don't need to be paying the fees. So mm-hmm. be careful when you go to mm-hmm. like the major banks. You know, there used to be a lot of banks that had no fee business accounts, but you know, and even with a minimum, you know, uh, deposit or um, the minimum act, you know, activity or whatever. Mm-hmm but now they're getting kind of greedy. You know, I don't even know if they have <laughs> <a whole thing. laughs> <laughs> so like $5,000, you know, or something right. minimum balance. So, you know, just be careful of the terms, you know, just make sure it's in your best interest. And then too, do they have cash back debit cards? You know, that's, mm, that's a good one. Trying to get it. that so money back. No, no, no. Benefit you. You don't want to just pay out, you know, if it has a you know, a monthly fee, say $15, but you can get cash back, then you could probably, you know, work that out where you're right. paying for itself. So, you know, you want to look at those kind of things. So it was, like I like, that's where that mindset comes into play. You have to realize that, um, you know, you got to not be so fanatical about it, you know, because my kids try to tease me, <laughs> about, you know, because I th- I shop at thrift stores, you know, I've I got the designer stuff now, but I'm not paying designer prices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My daughter, especially, used to call me thrift store queen. And now she's got a business where she's buying Vintage stuff from thrift Every <laughs> <laughs> I like. This, this, this 14, junior. You, mm-hmm. know? So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I believe if you want to have a Louis Vuitton or Louis Vuitton, you
1: know,
2: <laughs> so, you know I mean, you can look the part, but you don't have to pay the price, right? You know, so. That's, That's
0: good. Louis Vuitton I'm, I'm happy to <laughs> use that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh my gosh. Some folks will go out and spend five or six, mm-hmm. ten thousand on a purse and they ain't got a pot or a window. You're right. No, no, nope.
0: yep. right. right. Living right. home.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's
0: so true.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I um, like you guys. We, I'm having fun. I know. I have fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Wendy, where can we find you? Can you share your resources? Okay. Um, yeah, you can find me. I've got my website is thefinancialcures.com and that's Cures with an S. I have uh, a Facebook group that you're welcome to join. i can give you info inspiration and information. Mm. Really. It's always about inspiration, then information. And then, um, I'm on Facebook at Dr. Wendy Labot, uh, Wendy Labot or the financial cures LinkedIn, Dr. Wendy Labot. If you, um, uh, go on Instagram, it's dr.wendy.labatt. And then mm-hmm. I had Talk to us. Ooh, more. Yes. More. Ooh, I like that. Financial health. It's a best-selling, number one new release, and it has all the little things we talked about today and a little more. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's oh, a make sure one. you
0: check our book out. Yeah, go <laughs> on Amazon.
2: Amazon. Or you know, yeah, if you go on my website, I, I can send you an autographed copy. So, okay. Oh, sure nice. copy. So, you know. and I'll be oh, sure to add you. that in the bio for you as well. <laughs> And then yeah. I have uh, another anthology I'm part of. I don't know if you see that called Lemonade Lipesan. Stand Book uh, Two, and um, it just came out. And it's 15 of us, and we basically talk about how we turn our life's lemons into lemonade. So, mm. Oh, I like good, that. Good, oh, right. in there, so I'm excited about that. That's so, awesome.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you want to share that we didn't discuss? Um, in today's episode or any information you want to send out there?
2: Well, I want you guys to, you know, all your listeners to get my free guide, the six obstacles to winning the money game. And if you text the word guide, G-U-I-D-E to 770-796-4944. That's 770-796-4944. Text the word guide, G-U-I-D-E, and you'll get my, uh, you know, guide for the six obstacles of winning the money game. Mm, I like yeah. that. I have so, to add that and, in the bio, too. Let me yeah. make sure I have
0: it right. seven seven zero seven nine six four nine four four. That's correct. And text guide.
2: Yeah. Text the word guide Okay,
0: for the six obstacles. And I'll add yeah. that. To the bio as
2: well. Perfect. Okay, okay. <laughs> i launched my um course with how to overcome the six obstacles. <laughs> it <was> the <laughs> <laughs> a master class and mm-hmm. you know I'm offering uh I guess if your listeners are interested in it it's regularly it's a value of $3,000 normally 997 and mm-hmm. I usually sell it for 497 but for your group Anybody that wants to do it, if they contact me, um, it'll be 297
0: Okay. So we got a so, promo. Yeah. And they mention us. You'll give it a discount for the $297? Yeah.
2: Perfect. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'll give them a discount, but I'll give them a bonus. <laughs>
1: Okay.
2: I try, guys. Challenge. I try. <laughs> 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 but you know, they'll get that 297 back after they do the spin the first day of the spending challenge. I bet you they can mm, find 297 right. Oh, so, mm. you know, for to, I say the first week to pay for itself.
1: That's at awesome. At the
2: ninety-seven price, even at the nine ninety-seven price, depending on who are talking about? She's awesome. yeah she to is. To control of that money because you know so many people are struggling and mm. not saying that they don't have to. But when you got the right tools and the right mindset where you are now, you can get to where you want to be, you know, but mm-hmm. if you don't understand, you're going to stay where you are and Staggered. not, not nope. ever get to where you want to be. So that's what I yeah. say is about helping you go from where you are to where you want to be. And that's another thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I like quote that. I that. copyright that little saying. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. But you know, I've enjoyed my time with you ladies. Yes, I have to get you guys' addresses though. You know, text me uh, so I can, you know, send you the books and stuff. Oh, okay.
1: All right. Well, Wendy, thank you for coming out and educating us. And also, we always ask this one question we ask all our guest speakers what makes you uncommon?
2: okay well i guess just my personality you know because i'm gonna be me and there's so many people that want to be somebody else or you know mm-hmm. i'm just gonna be me and that's and i and that maybe it's not uncommon you know but maybe to me i've run across so many people that aren't Themselves, you know. Once you, they, they have this facade, and once you mm-hmm. kind of get to know them, it's like, yeah, you're the kind of person that you rejected <laughs> When mm-hmm. I first met, you. So I guess just and being willing to help people without expecting something in return. Um, mm, I like that one. Mentor, that was a good one. Uh, well, I'm gonna give credit to my mentor, Linda Clemens. She's a uh, Shout out, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> Said is And it, and I. she just said this in the last, her last boot camp I went to, it said, uh, when you give, forget. But when somebody gives you, remember. And mm. I'm like, oh, that makes sense because there's so many people that will give you, but they want to throw it in your face.
1: Yeah, Every right. time
2: they want to remind you, I did this for you, I did that. You know, you don't want to go there. If you do it, do it, you know so what you don't want to constantly, but if somebody does for you, you want to remember, you want to thank them, you want to show gratitude and you want to, you know, pay it forward, you know, and remember Mm -hmm. that that person has done something for you and you want to be willing to do something for them. You know, not that you have to, but you just want to be willing to, because some people expect you to do for them, you know, they don't want to do nothing for you. So, Mm
1: -hmm. you know, I
2: think that's, Which makes me Me uncommon and when i give i forget Mm, (laughs) i I like that (laughs) that's awesome
1: yeah definitely definitely like that yeah so thank you again for coming out and thank you to our followers for tuning in and also check out our wet merchandise on www uncommonwomen.net. Follow us and subscribe on YouTube, guys. Like and share. And if you want to be a guest speaker, once again, you can go to our website at uncommonwomen.net. And next week, we're having another guest speaker living above life's drama um, next Thursday at 6 p.m. And stay uncommon. Bye. Bye.